Good morning. It's a good day. I like it. How are you guys? That was really convincing. How are you guys? How awake are you guys? Goodness. Hi, my name is Dylan Meyer. Um, I'm the director of student ministries here at Westview, and I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you something. Um, that's a deep dark secret of mine. Very very vulnerable. Um, I'm the guy in February that still has Christmas lights on his house. So I apologize to those of you that that irks you. Um, that's me because I don't like heights and I don't like the cold. And if you've been present here in the last month. It's been cold. <laughs> and so now that my roof has finally thawed, I got up there and I got them down. Uh, but with it warming up, I've also been really excited to, for the opportunity for my wife and I to use one of the gifts that I gave her um, for Christmas. And so I was feeling adventurous. And I have the ability occasionally, I'm pretty sure only through divine inspiration, to be um, handy. Like I can, I can make things better than they were a little bit. Um, and so I decided that I was going to find like a coffee table on Facebook Marketplace. Do you, any Facebook Marketplace shoppers in here? No? Okay. Um, I decided I was going to do that, and then I was going to turn it into a fire table. You know, like the ones with the, like the fire glass inside, and it's fancy, right? Sounds good. Well, I began my search on Facebook Marketplace, and there, everything on there is sorted into a category of its condition, right? And so there's new things, there's like new things, there's good things, there's fair things, and then there's the things that I couldn't fit in my dumpster, Right? Those are, those are the do not buy section. So I was looking through, and I found a coffee table that was in good to fair condition. It looked, it looked decent. And so I went ahead, and I got it. And because it was in good condition, I was able to complete my project. I, I cut a hole in the top and dropped in like a little pan I ordered off of Amazon, and I, and I did. I successfully created a fire table is a wood coffee table, and so I'm still figuring out how to now make the wood part fireproof. But because the table was in good condition, I was able to do that. And in that moment, it became apparent to me that the condition of things is important to us. If I'm going to offer something to someone, I want it to be in good condition. I want it to be something of quality. And likewise, if I'm going to receive something, I want to receive something that is in good condition. When I order something from a restaurant, I don't want it in a condition that is half eaten. I want it to be in good condition. And so we've been talking about the matters of the heart. And if we are to come here and to worship God, if we are to come here and to offer our hearts to the creator of the universe... Shouldn't it be important to us the condition of our heart when we offer it to him? Shouldn't it matter to us the condition of our heart when we lay it at the feet of the king? And so today we're going to talk about two different conditions. We're going to talk about the hard heart and the soft heart. We can, we can offer either. 
But a soft heart can be shaped by God. It can be molded by God, and it can be guided by God. I want that for my life. I want that for my heart. I want him, if I'm going to offer it to him, I want him to be able to do something with it. If I offer him a hard heart, a hard heart is resistant. It resists change. It resists growth. And it resists God. But I have good news. God wants to give us a new heart. That is his desire, to give us a new heart. And so we're going to jump in to Ezekiel here today. Um, and Ezekiel is going to speak to the Israelites on behalf of God. And, and that's essentially, that's what he's going to tell us. But before we get there, let's take a peek at where Israel is in their life right now. So as a nation, this group of people are in exile. The Babylonians have come in and give them a whooping and took some of them and kicked them out, taking them with them back to Babylon. And some of them are there, but now are under Babylonian like occupation. They're being oppressed. Um, and so that's kind of where Israel is. They're lost, really. They're foreigners in a new land. Everything is strange. Everything is new. They maybe feel broken. Everything that their life was is now gone. They're being forced to deal with rules that maybe they don't agree with. There's a good chance that it's lasted a lot longer than what they thought it was going to. I don't know if any of those things ring home with you. But before the exile and now during the exile, some of them have turned from God, are continuing to turn from God, are teaching false things, are idolizing things that aren't worth it, really. They're rebelling against God and those around them. They're lost. That is the condition of the heart of Israel. They're lost, and their hearts are hard. And so that is who Ezekiel is speaking to when he says these words on behalf of God. He says, I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and I will give you a heart of flesh. You see, the Israelites had hearts of stone. Hearts that were resistant. Hearts that were worn out. Hearts that were tired. Hearts that were separated from God. They were hard. So it begs the question, what hardens a heart? What separates us from God in that moment when we are shelled up inside? What closes us off to him? A bunch of things, honestly. To name a few, apathy, trauma, anger, 
hurt, doubt, unforgiveness, mistrust, selfishness, lust, envy, control, fear, judgment, competition, comparison, poor experiences, negative opinions of myself, words of others, disappointments, chaos, isolation, exhaustion. That's what hardens a heart. Brokenness hardens a heart. And sometimes that's the world we find ourselves in. We find ourselves in a broken world. We find ourselves surrounded by broken people. And that wounds us. It hurts our heart. We find ourselves vulnerable in those moments when something has damaged us. We find ourselves raw and bare. That scares us. The scare you guys scares me. And that moment is the open door to my hardened heart. Because in that moment when I am raw, when I am exposed, I choose to defend myself. And I harden my heart in a desperate attempt to save what's still inside. I harden my heart to keep out the things that I can't control. I harden my heart to protect myself from the things that disagree with me, from the things that don't listen to me. I harden my heart to protect myself. And sometimes I harden my heart to protect myself from myself. Because sometimes it's me refusing to deal with the brokenness that's in me. But what we don't realize is that defense that we're building, the walls that we are putting up around our heart, the things that we are doing to harden us, that defense quickly becomes a prison. Because I am hardening my heart so I don't have to feel pain. I don't have to feel fear. I don't have to feel hurt. But that also means that I don't feel love. I don't feel hope, I don't feel joy, and I don't feel peace. You see, because when I harden my heart to keep everything out, that's everything, including the one that loves me, including God who is seeking me, and including the only one that can really protect me from those things and walk through them with me. My hardened heart built to defend myself imprisons me but again I have good news God is giving us a new heart and let me be very clear about the verb that I'm using here God is not God will be God is currently offering us a new heart there's not a mile-long list of hoops you have to jump through for him to love you. He loves you now, and he is offering us a new heart. You see, because when we look at the Israelites 
and everything that God was pushing through to find them. They're in exile. They're surrounded by brokenness. They are broken. They are hurting. And because of that, some of them are falling into corruption, rebellion. They are hurting. And in that hurt, maybe they're lashing out to those around them and hurting them as well. They're tired. They're exhausted. They're angry. They're hurting. They're doubtful. They're fearful. And God is fighting through all of that to seek them out and offer them a new heart. And I promise you, he's offering us the same thing. There is nothing that we're going through that he is not willing to fight through. There are no walls that you, are, that you can build that he's not willing to knock down with you. There is nothing that you're facing that he's not willing to go through with you. He will seek us out. It doesn't matter if you're apathetic. He will seek you. It doesn't matter what trauma you're going through. He wants to be with you. It doesn't matter how angry you are. He wants to understand you. It doesn't matter how much doubt you have. He will reason with you. The list goes on. Those things that harden our heart, they may be barriers for us, but he's willing to do them with us. God is near. I promise you that. He's right here. And sometimes we don't see that through the brokenness. Because when we harden our hearts, we close our eyes. We plug our ears and we hide in the corner thinking that everything's going to be fine because I can't see what's going on. And I promise you that he's there with you. He wants you. He wants our hearts. And he's in the business of redeeming them. God wants to redeem our hardened hearts. How is he going to soften the hard heart that I have? He's going to give me a new one. You see, God's not in the business of doing things halfway. He's not going to snap a band-aid on an open wound. He's not in the business of doing things only partially. If your heart is hard, he's not going to buff it off. He's not going to smooth it out. He's not going to chisel off a few things. He's going to take that brokenness. He's going to take that hardened heart and remove it. And he's going to give you something new. Something that is deeply in him. Something he has poured his time into, his heart into, his love into. He's going to give you something new. That is what he's saying. He doesn't want to just dust it off or move it to a safer place. He wants to give you something that you've never had before. The old has gone and the new has come. Because God knows what we frequently try to move past and ignore. The rock isn't getting it done. My heart wasn't built to be made of stone. I'm not a doctor, but I promise you that a rock does not pump blood very well through my body. It does that about as well as pigs put on pants. It's not built for that. God knows that. The rock isn't getting it done. But he has what will get it done. 
See, because he wants to give you a new heart that's not dead like a rock, but is full of life. That is what he wants for us. He's laying that offering to us. He is always willing to act first. He made us in grace. He loved us first, always. He's willing to do that. So if that's what he's offering us, how do I take that soft heart and keep it soft? Very simply, accept it. If somebody gives you a gift and you refuse to receive it, what good does it do you? None. You have to receive it. And who wouldn't want to receive freedom? Who wouldn't want to receive joy, peace, hope, love, community, grace, confidence, unity, fullness, trust, faith, strength who wouldn't want rest but if that's what you want you have to receive it you have to accept it what keeps my heart soft live changed if God gives you a new heart use it when he gives me a new heart I need to use it that heart does me no good if it's stuffed in a closet somewhere I need to live like I have a new heart in me. And the fruit of my life reflects the condition of my heart. The things that come out of me represent what's inside of me. The actions that I take reflect the heart that I did those things in. The decisions that I make reflect the heart that made those decisions. So if I have that heart hiding in a closet, I may be fooling myself, but I'm not fooling anybody else. So I need to live like my heart has been changed. How do I keep my heart soft? Surrender it always. Always. Don't surrender it once. Don't surrender it once a week once a month surrender it in every moment God is willing to give us a new heart but to do that we have to let go of that rock so I need to surrender my stone every moment of every day sometimes I get confused and I think that my life boils down to five big decisions like milestone moments in my life. But honestly, my life becomes a sum of every decision that I make. Because my heart is shaped and formed in everything. And so if I make little decisions that harden my heart, that's going to shape my life. So I need to surrender my heart in every decision, in every moment. I need to give it to Him. How do I keep my heart soft? I ask God to shape it. And that's a bold prayer. To, to give God my heart and ask Him to do with my heart, not what I will, but he, what He wills. 
That takes a lot of trust. And I have to believe that he wants better for me than what I want for myself a lot of times. But I've seen that that's true. I've seen that in my life. I've seen that in the lives of the people that are around me and the people that I read about when I read scripture. They trusted him. And for good reason. I need to ask for him to change my heart. To shape it. How do I keep my heart soft? I need to be a steward of myself. You see, because my heart, my body, my life, those are blessings from God. I should be a good steward of the blessings he has laid at my feet. Because he's told me in scripture that he wants me to live life and live it to the full. And so he has things designed for me to do that will help me. He's designed for me to rest and rest well with him. I'm tired of being exhausted. That sounds pretty good. He's designed for me to love and to love well. I'm tired of being hurt and broken by people that refuse to love me. Love sounds pretty good. He's designed healing into my life. I need to be a good steward of that to heal myself with him. I'm tired of being broken. Healing sounds pretty good. How do I keep my heart soft? I need to seek to be near him in every moment of every day. Sometimes, again, I get confused and I think, well, I showed up on Sunday and then I walk out the door and I don't know why, but I think that he gets like caught behind the glass behind me. No. He wants to be with me always. And when I'm with him, when I'm in the presence of God, I feel full of joy, hope, peace, all of those things that represent a new heart. I feel full of those things. And so why wouldn't I want to be near that always? Wouldn't it be such a blessing to make my bed in the morning with Jesus? Wouldn't it be such a blessing to do laundry with the guy that's washing me white as snow? Wouldn't it be such a blessing to eat with him wouldn't it be such a blessing to, to go with him everywhere? And wouldn't my life show that? If Jesus was in my passenger seat, if I drove with him, I think I'd scream at traffic less. Would that re be representative of a changed heart? I hope so. How do I keep my heart soft? I don't do it alone. God built me for community. He's put people in my life that care for me and that care for him. And they are reflections of his love, his grace, his hope. And they speak that into my life. I need to surround myself with those people. And I need to be that kind of person for those around me, whether they know him or not. I pray that they see him through me. And let that be a blessing to me when I see him in others. If I need a friend, I think I can find a friend in those who love Christ. If I'm in desperate search of a brother or a sister, I think I can find that. If you're looking for a brother and sister in Christ, I'll be your brother. No promises on the sister part, but 
I'll be your brother in Christ. How do I keep my heart soft? I lean on the only one that can. We look at verse 27 back in Ezekiel. And again, Ezekiel's speaking on behalf of God. And he says, And I will put my spirit within you. See, I, I can't do this, just me. Dylan messes stuff up a lot. I need something bigger than Dylan. I need something that is not of me. Because again, I've tried. And it hasn't ended well. And there are moments when I have given it everything I have. I, there are moments when I feel as though I can't go on. I've given it everything and I feel defeated and I feel discouraged. And in that moment, I'm reminded of the simple fact that I don't have to do it by myself anyway. So why do I try? I spend so much time trying to renew my own heart and that's not my job because only he can do that anyway. He wants to put his spirit in us. It's not dependent upon my spirit. Thank goodness. He wants me to use him. And he offers himself to me. I need to lean on the only one who can because I know that in myself it's not enough unless I have him. See, God wants to do something completely new in us. Not dust off a rock, a new heart. God wants to give us a new heart. You guys pray with me. God, I humbly pray that we offer you everything. God, today, I offer you the pastor of Bluemont Church. His family's going through a tough time. I ask that you put your healing hand on them. Encourage their church. Raise their spirits. God, today, I offer you Jared and Macy is. Jared is upcoming for deployment. God, I pray that you be with their family. We offer them to you, and I pray that we offer our time, our energy, our efforts, and our love to surround them in this time especially. God, let us be a community for them. God, I offer you my heart. And if you guys are willing, pray this with me. Whether it's in your heart or out of your mouth. Lord, if my heart is hard, Take it away from me. Take that broken thing and give me something new. Give me something that is purely of you. Lord, we offer our hearts to you today. He's making us new, amen? Would you stand with us as we continue in worship?
search the world But it couldn't fill me Man's empty praise Treasures of fate Are never enough And you came along And put me back together and every desire is now satisfied here in your love. Oh, there's nothing better than you. Oh, there's nothing better than you. Oh, there's nothing. Nothing is better. The God of the mountain is the God of the valley, and there's not a place your mercy and grace won't find me again. Oh, there's nothing better.
that you joined us this morning. Um, I pray that as you go, you would go in peace to love and serve your God, and we'll see you next week. Lord, there's nothing better than you. Lord, there's nothing better than you. Lord, there's nothing. Nothing is better Oh, there's no